Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Creatokia podcast. My name is Videl, and I'm the global head of audio at Bookwire. This is a new podcast about digital publishing through the lens of NFTs, crypto, and blockchain, where every week we dive into this new and fast-moving world, looking at how authors and publishers can take their first steps in creating digital originals and NFTs. So today I'm joined uh, by John, our co-founder of Bookwire. Hi, John. Hello, Videl. Nice to have you. And our uh, general platform manager of Creatokia, Carsten. Hello. Hi, nice to be here. Great to have you too, uh, both of you. Jens is absent, uh, unfortunately, because he has fallen ill. So our best uh, yeah. wishes for him. <laughs> <laughs> so Best wishes, yes. Get better soon, Jens. Um, we'll have you back soon. There's a place here for you, a seat. We'll keep it warm. But we have a really interesting guest today. And I think without further ado, as we say here, uh, I'd like to introduce her. So here's our new guest. So I'd like to just introduce our new guest. We're very excited to have today with us, Anna Graf. Hello, Anna. Hello, Idel. Happy to be with you. Thank you for the invitation. It's great to have you. So, I mean, I'd, I'd love you to tell us a little about uh, about your background and everything. But basically, I mean, we know you're you're based in Berlin, right, in Germany, for our international audience, right? I am based in Hamburg, by the way, and I'm traveling like between ah. Berlin and Hamburg, but it's only two hours with train, so it's sustainable and uh, absolutely doable for me. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Because the gallery, the gallery is in Berlin, and uh, I'm living in Hamburg. Amazing. So you're director of, if I have it right, tell me if I'm wrong, but you're director of NFT for uh, a particular aspect of the, the Koenig Gallery in Berlin. But maybe you can just tell our listeners about your background and the gallery. And I think it's always really interesting for our, um, for our listeners to hear about our guests and kind of how they got into NFTs, because it's still so new and we were just talking about it. And I think everyone's journey is kind of interesting and, and relevant. So tell us more. Thank you for the introduction. Yeah, actually, I'm director NFT for Misa.art, which is our platform through which we sell NFT. So it's it's another company. Um, it started in 2020 at the Koenig Gallery when pandemic hit everyone and uh, galleries were closed, museums were closed. So it was a hard time. I think we all remember this. And uh, basically, Johann, was, Johann Koenig, who is the owner of the gallery, was thinking about how can we make art still available um, for, for the audience? And this is how Misa started. Um, in German translation, it is short for Fair in St. Agnes, which is our church. Um, our gallery is in a church. And um, it was supposed to be something for, for everyone to join and also for people to buy art who might not have been in the traditional art world before so um he of course realized that online selling would be a thing as it was everyone was at home and um yeah this is how the whole idea came up um at the beginning with physical art but soon closer to the ending of 2020 and the beginning of 2021 he gathered artists also digital artists and uh, in march 2021 he opened a gallery in decentraland Decentraland is a metaverse, so it's 
not actually in the physical world, but you can enter the center and through your PC or laptop and walk around like a normal person. And there is our gallery, the Koenig Gallery, represented like one-on-one. <laughs> and uh, all, all the digital artworks were presented there and sold at that time on um, OpenSea, a very popular platform for um, NFTs. Um, yeah, this is this is how this started with the NFTs. And this is when I met Johan also through Clubhouse, by the way, which is not very popular anymore. But at that time, it was like the app to be on. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, it was, was a funny coincidence. Um, me already being part of the German NFT community. And there is this gallerist. The third party, we always wanted to like exclude and have this direct connection with the customer. And he starts a gallery in the central land and sells NFTs. And for I know that I still remember this for the rest of uh, like my party at the time was like, wow, what is he here? Um, and, and I was like, hmm, it, it's interesting. Um, and I went up on stage. <laughs> I had some followers, so they invited me on stage. It was quite cool. And asked Great. questions. Uh, like I say, I'm always curious about things. And for me, it was very interesting, this approach of a gallerist, like coming from this very exclusive traditional art space, suddenly seeing a potential in this new technology and bringing artists on chain. So yeah, we, we stayed connected through the time. And then in August, 2021, the Misa.art opened its marketplace for NFTs. And um, not only for NFTs, by the way, we also sell physical art there. And we will be selling fractionalized ownership soon. So like real artworks, very expensive artworks, and then you can buy shares. Um, so we have these three verticals, basically. And um, I still remember when you asked me, hey, what are you doing at the moment? Would you be free <laughs> to help with the NFT vertical? I said, mm, okay, uh, tell me more. <laughs> and um, he was so open with all my friends who were not gallery artists, but really like more digital artists who made it through the NFT space, which I really liked. And I said, yeah, okay. And we, we had this claim like democratizing art. Yeah which I also liked a lot because blockchain for me is a lot about uh, having decentralization, opening things up for the masses. I'm a little bit idealistic sometimes, I have to say. And I know it's not all like uh, in a dream, fairy tale, utopia, whatever. Um, but still, I feel like being uh, early in the space, we have a responsibility. And I think that I can help being responsible by being in the space and building so yeah this is why i started and um it's a lot of work but it's exciting to connect worlds um like the traditional world the physical world and the virtual world and yeah this is why i'm there and i hope it wasn't too long now <laughs> no fantastic really really interesting i mean i'm sure we all uh all three of us here listening uh, we we'd love to ask you some questions but i think I mean, it's first of all, it's really interesting to have you as a guest really from the art world. And we've talked to people from the publishing world. Um, but of course, as people who are following NFTs, you know, I'm sure probably know it's um, the, a lot of the NFT 
um, headlines have been driven kind of by the art world. And that's where some of the things started. So it's really interesting. But I think everything is connected. I mean, it's it's not a cliche. It's true. There are always, whenever you look from one kind of creative industry right next door to the other, whether it's publishing or music or art, there are lots of similarities, even though there are differences. And I think I, I love exploring that. But one of the things you mentioned maybe we could dive straight into just so you could try and explain it to us. You mentioned this fractionalization. Uh, it's even a difficult word to say of, of art or it, how can you explain your understanding or your interpretation or vision of that and how that might work? Because we've also seen some examples coming through from authors as well. Yeah. Interesting. And it's already happening in the U S through masterworks uh, where they have like Picasso or really, really popular artists and it's, it's going very, very well. Basically what you do is that you allow the customer to own a a piece, a fraction um, of an artwork that he usually cannot afford or open it as an investment, um, which is, of course, a very important part too. Since we're a gallery, we have better options to buy these artworks that you would usually not be getting. And uh, so we can open it to the public. But of course, when you own a fraction, you don't, you, you can hang that piece on your wall. That's, uh, it will stay with the gallery. It will stay with us, but uh, you can participate and you can also participate in the, in the growth uh, of, of worth. And it is more to be seen as a long-term investment. So this is also why we are not yet offering it. It is very complicated in the legal framework uh, to be compliant. It is a financial product in the end. Um, also, mm -hmm. of course, for many, it might be cool to own uh, a piece of an artwork that they could never afford. It is a financial product and this is very complicated in Europe. So um, mm -hmm. I am also deep in this whole compliance and legal stuff, um, which we are taking care of. We are a German company. So it's yeah. not as easy as just opening a platform in the US yeah. or in other markets. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, as I always say, our currency is reputation and trust. So um, if we don't make it right, who else can do it? We don't want to be the scammers that are out there. It is really like, as we said, Wild West in a kind because it's yeah. so new and there are so many like gold diggers just coming, promoting on some, yeah, Instagram or Twitter pages mm -hmm. and uh, then then they run away with the money and we are in and this is why I find it so important to create this connection to the traditional art uh, to, to show the people that it's a long-term investment you don't have to flip things from one day to another this is also like for collectors who come from the traditional art space they don't even understand I was asked like many times why would people after one month sell an artwork they just bought It's really like they don't understand. And uh, then we have these NFT people, as I would say, that say, okay, flip it, buy three, sell two. So you have initial invest out. So it's really like <laughs> sometimes uh, colliding. <laughs> it's very interesting <laughs> to see. Um, on the other hand, I have more and more collectors from the NFT space who get into prints, editions, and the, the real traditional art who they want to hang, which they want to hang on the wall. Um, so yeah, I, I see there's a lot more connectivity and also for traditional artists from the gallery asking me like, you know what, Anna? I think I would like to do an NFT. <laughs> and 
it is sometimes so funny. Um, this story is like I had with Robert Janitz uh, for the König Gallery. He has been a traditional artist for many, many years, a painter, classic painter. Okay. And he gave me that call and I was like, yeah, Robert, what do you want to do? Oh, 3D animation. He said, you're, you can do this or, or how do you want? No, but I have the idea. And uh, it is interesting in this case, uh, you connect them with a studio. That's why I said, like, okay, Robert, you basically will not be able to learn this like in three weeks uh, because he is having a solo exhibition in Korea right now. Uh, and yeah, but we found the studio and they did a great job and it was again like a win-win situation for both uh, sides. Um, he's super excited. He said he will never be looking at a painting the way he did before he did this NFT again. And um, that's really interesting. Yeah, the it cute stories. It's, it's the cute stories. I love this. <laughs> I said, Robert, I will always tell that story now. Is it some kind of uh, upselling or cross-selling of art uh, in the meaning of Robert Janitz? If you are looking at his artwork, it's not really looking like 3D art. So if you are now moving from his art to a 3D NFT artwork, what kind of uh, work he he made out of that have you seen it on open it's on open sea uh you can find it under koenig um underscore gallery uh robert janitz um he he basically took the idea of the sculpture okay that was never like it, it is a sculpture he is just representing it on on like a, a canvas so it is 2d even though it might have been 3d in his mind like always um, but there is this Siji concept and, uh, yeah, re read the description. That is super interest interesting how, how he describes this, this, this sculpture, how it's moving. It's kind of, at, at the beginning, I thought it looks like warm when I saw his, his paintings. Yeah, it, I, was, I wasn't really, I, I would say I wasn't that happy. It wouldn't have been my favorite artist at the beginning. But now that I got more into this concept... Um, I I feel very connected to it. I don't know. I, I, I now I really love it to be honest. And this is a funny thing because um, he was an artist who hadn't been recognized for many many years. Um, he had been working in New York for over 20 years, and 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 he he is this consistent person who is open to new technology. And this is what I admire. So he was totally open to go that way and just see how it works. Um, and, and I think this is what you have to be. Um, also, as a traditional artist, be open for whatever. You don't have to do an NFT. I always tell them, like, don't don't uh, get into, like, whatever just to do an NFT because it's a buzzword right now and everyone has to do NFTs. No, 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 no. It, it is a technology that you can use if you think it's suitable for the way you want to sell art and the way you want to present it. But You can also stay with the canvases. There is no problem. Um, and, and it might not be suitable for everyone as well. If you have really trouble, like, oh, my God, this has to be 3D moving and audio. No way. If that's not what you are producing, 
if that's not what what you're doing as an artist, I say then don't do it. But it's it's a great way if you are going to your decentraland world and going to your exhibition there, you can see maybe I don't know if you put it in there, the sweet sweet cherry pink. I think this is the artwork you are talking about. Sweet so, sweet cherry pink. Yeah. It is such a great cute name. name. Great also. name by the way. Yeah. Yeah, so we hey, can you know what it was supposed I tell you a secret. It was supposed to be called sweet sweet cherry macaroni. Okay. Because of the sculpture. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. So something got lost. Uh, this was also like basically also the idea from the studio, by the way. I, I I heard of that call where they were thinking about the name. It was like, oh, sweet, sweet cherry macaroni. And then he gave me the title and I was, was like, I heard some different name. Oh, yeah, I forgot. But I said, keep it like this. I like pink. It's my favorite color. And I like the colors um, that you have on your artwork, too. So we can put yeah. the link in the podcast description so everybody can have a look on that. Yeah, we, we are having it um, like uh, I'm at still the end of the exhibition um, in, in Korea right now. I don't know if we will be doing an auction at the end for, for the sale um, at the moment we want to present it to uh, all the customers and um, we also have it presented in the gallery in Berlin by the way whoever is in Berlin you can see it there live too great Anna I would like to ask a question um, concerning again the fractional ownership I think this is a great case and the publishing industry where we are from it's often very often about copyrights and intellectual intellectual property and of course uh, there are similarities to to art so what is what is the selling case of art out of your perspective when i think of a gallery i'm of course thinking about it is sold once and again or uh, it is uh, displayed in another gallery maybe you can earn money with that are you are you thinking about this whole fraction ownership as a gallery or more as a as a company that helps intellectual property to grow and maybe and maybe the token owners will be the only one who will be able to print that uh, that artwork or something are there are there more rights kind of implemented in in your in your tokens are you ready to to tell us some secrets about it i know it's a bank license yes of course but maybe you you have you have more ideas uh, because i thought for a gallery only selling once a picture uh, and then it's gone and yet, then you buy a new one. So, uh, but there's not a one case for selling art, is it? We're talking about utilities, which is of course a very super important part of this transformational process of getting into Web3 um, in general for me. For the fractionalized ownership, as there are so many legal issues, I can't promise what exactly we'll be able to do, but... For all token that we sell through MISA, um, this is exactly what we are planning, giving back, integrating the community, giving more utilities like airdrops we have already been doing. An airdrop is that you just send another artwork to a wallet. Also inviting people to exhibitions or if they have bought several pieces from an artist that you get a print. There, there are many options or, or maybe an online session with your artist or maybe a meetup. I think we have so many opportunities there that uh, we can figure out. But as I always say in the space, also where I was working for, never overpromise. Uh, this is why we don't like put it on our website yet. We have all these plans in our business Uh, plan of course also as i said like this transformational process to becoming a web3 company which might also like yeah 
In, in the future, will there be an ICO, an IPO? Who knows? Um, I mean, this, this is like we are now in this field where we have so many options, but of course we have to focus on um, what we can do best. So first of all, build the trust, build the fundament, and then you can start from there. And uh, for us, community is key. And, and also like incentivizing the clients that have been there for many years and also the new clients that are coming from wherever. It's, it's interesting because I, I think I said this, it's like 50-50 for us. Uh, since our platform allows you to buy through PayPal, it makes it a very, very easy onboarding process also for people who have never bought crypto before or how, who are even afraid of crypto. But when you can check out with PayPal in a Shopify shop, this is how we do it on our platform. It is like, okay, now I've bought an NFT. Yeah, I'm the owner of an NFT. And they don't even transfer it to their wallet very often. They should. And um, I will also take care of that everyone now starts with their own wallet because I think it's part of the educational process of the ownership that is uh, connected with owning an NFT but it's just like they, they want to like discuss about yeah oh you know what I also bought an NFT from you because it was my favorite artist I've heard this a lot for Evan Wurm which was the first artist um, that did an NFT through Koenig Gallery um, also for Katarina Grosse and to be honest this is super super rare I think people have not even realized how crazy it is that these artists did NFTs because they are so well known and um, we, we haven't even done marketing yet so last year it was basically we didn't do any marketing and it went already so so well but mostly I have to say we're still known in the traditional art space not yet in the NFT space. We have to grow our Twitter. We have to grow our Discord. I have to instruct the marketing managers on this uh, because, yeah, most are still used to this traditional, okay, we do Instagram, we do Facebook, uh, PR and press, but this doesn't really convert yet, um, I have to say. I've realized that with other projects too. Also, I don't know, when you're from the publishing side, I know this makes it a lot more complicated with all the, the legal stuff and the copyrights, it's the same for the music industry and for all the people who are into movies. I know the struggles. <laughs> Just had this discussion yesterday. Yeah, but let's try. Let's try together. I've also heard from this uh, guy, I think last year he um, sold a video of, I think it, it was in the Netherlands where he was performing and now he has to pay a lot, a lot of money <laughs> to all the people who own the rights. So um, yeah, always be careful with the copyrights. That's super, super important. And I think this uh, yeah won't go away. It will become stricter. Also with the KYC process, KYC is for know your customer. So um, basically what will be coming till the end of the year is that everyone will have to do like a, a video ident also to, to really show your identity because there's just too much money laundering still. And this, in my opinion, will not only be the case for Europe, but also for the US. And we are prepared. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, we, 
we should have talked earlier. We went through all these problems through the KYC process and to all that stuff. As you said right in the beginning, it's not so easy to, to found a legally compliant uh, blockchain platform where people can buy things. But I think what, what you are doing is great because you're helping people understanding blockchain technology in the art uh, economy or in the art, let's say, scene of collectors and, and creators. We are trying to do the same in, in the publishing industry. One more question from my side, then I hand over to my colleagues here. So because it's always a technical thing and uh, we have some tech geeks listening to that podcast and they're asking some, themselves technical questions. Sometimes they are boring, but at least did you, how, how made you the decision for your platform? What blockchain are you using? Is it the Polygon thing? It's the, is it the Ethereum thing? Do you care about it or, or what was your decision to have the best technical solution for what you, you are offering? Okay, now you're asking really a question that goes deep into what I'm doing have been doing the last months because um, as I said I started in December the platform was founded in August and for some reason they made the decision for flow chain um, the flow chain is a fast working blockchain but it is super centralized and basically it is known for trading collectibles not art to be honest um, and I think that people who buy art, especially also like high priced art, sometimes in our case, we auctioned a Rafik Anadol for 300 Ethereum, which was 1.1 million. They expect their artwork to be on Ethereum. So this is, we, we are in a transformational process at the moment. Uh, from now on, it will be minted on Ethereum or Polygon. Um, so these are the two blockchains we will be using from now on. And uh, yeah, I will see how, how flow develops. At the moment, it is not the chain for art. If I mean, never say never. They, everything is so early. I think at the moment, uh, it's a better decision to have this minted on Ethereum. I also heard, hear this from many, many artists because of the provenance um, aspect. And it is just like for most of them, it's the most valuable blockchain also thinking of the future it has been there for the longest time it is still there <laughs> and it hasn't had a hard fork like solana for example so uh, this this is like the blockchain that most most artists that have been in the space for longer than a year um really trust and um this is why we're doing this and yeah also Yeah, we will. We'll, we'll see. As I said, never say never. And I always like to stay connected with everybody and just see how they grow, how they develop their blockchains. And I think there is enough space for multiple blockchains. I would also, for the future, love to see us being a platform that is really multi-chain, where people can just decide where they want to mint and on which chain they want to buy. And I also hope for the blockchains to develop more bridges. So that you, well, you bought it on Flow, you want it now on Ethereum, there's a bridge, easy to do. But I'm not a developer, I can't do this myself. <laughs> so for all the tech guys out there, I still have to learn a lot. Yeah, we have a lot of questions uh, and I I'm have still processing all of that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a lot of information and the question of the right blockchain is one of us as well. So we are in the moment on Ethereum as everybody from us at Croatokia knows. Uh, but in the moment we are working on uh, adding at least Polygon for the next uh, solution to have it uh, a bit more flexible. Makes sense also because many want to be like, 
if you are asked for the sustainability and friendliness yeah, for sure um i personally for me it's a little bit kind of i won't say like fake but they use ethereum it is a second layer on ethereum so without the ethereum blockchain polygon wouldn't exist and i um For myself, it's like a, a huge bus with many people, um, but it's still moving on the same highway as the Ferrari next to it. So it is more sustainable in, in the way of when it's being used, but it is still built on the same blockchain. So I go for, for either of them. For me, it's it would be most important to see that there is like a sustainable production of electricity behind it, which many people are working on. Also, it's interesting for El Salvador with Bitcoin City um, that they want to use this volcano. So I think we also with the situation at the moment worldwide have to think a lot more of how we can uh, like create sustainability in the process of getting the electricity we need. And yeah, and this goes for every field. It's, it's not just the NFTs. I absolutely buy that point because the technology itself, it's so interesting, blockchain technology and of course the NFT technology, it, it will help connecting people, it will help coming projects into into reality uh, that, that weren't been able before. And it brings up the discussion of uh, about sustainable energy production. And most of the people hate it on our side because always when we are confronted, and is it really sustainable? It's 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 a difficult discussion, but we need to solve it because we need. I, and out of my perspective, we need the, the we need the technology. It really it re it's really a next step. Yeah, and see the bigger picture. I mean, if you do a bank transaction, the transaction itself might lose, not use that much energy, but having a bank, having all the people traveling back and forth to work there. So um, I. I, I would always say, yeah, look at the bigger picture and, and then it's more like relatable of who uses what and, and how much energy it costs in the end. And of course, we can't deny, yeah, there is a lot of energy being used, but I also use a lot of energy for other things. So we have to, like, as you said, think in the bigger picture, why do we use it? What is it good for? And what does sustainability mean in the end? We're not supposed to live all in the woods and uh, go, go back to 2000 years ago. We just need to, to see how do we use our resources and what is most efficient. And I think coming from this perspective, it makes a lot more sense to discuss the topic. And by talking about the decision, which blockchain are you using and by minting the art on the blockchain, um, we've learned that you are doing the same as we are doing. You can buy a digital original and you even said an NFT, but some of your uh, buyers are buying an NFT, paying via PayPal, and they not really have minted the NFT onto the blockchain. It is minted, of course. And ah, it is minted. It's okay. always minted. So. Um, for the 24-hour drops, it is minted. Um, I think the longest period is 72 hours. But after 72 hours, it's, it's minted. They are all minted. Um, and for the additions, we pre-mint. So it's not that it's not minted. If you buy something, it is minted to the blockchain, of course. I've heard that some people are not doing it, by the way. Um, I was in US, UAE last week and there was this artist and he did some reproduction of the Guernica. Uh, very interesting. I loved his artwork. And it happened to be that he was there at the same time. It was crazy, uh, like coincidence. And of this Guernica with, with all the little like icons he put in there, it was like Mickey Mouse or whatever. Every piece of them had their own nft 
So there was an extra artwork with just presenting like Mickey Mouse or whatever it was that I can't remember or the little zombie or whatever it was. And this was all like separate NFTs, 69, of course. <laughs> and um, But I was told that they were not minted. It has already been sold. And yeah, I, I have to ask back when they were minted. It was interesting. So if I'm buying the Jonas Burkhardt from the the drop today, today it's uh, the 24 hours drop from Jonas Burkhardt. And if I'm buying that mm -hmm. today and I'm paying in the checkout, I'm in the checkout in the moment, but I haven't seen where, if I pay with PayPal or it's whatever, then I get a physical product and an NFT. No, this is a print edition we're doing uh, with him. As I said, we have different verticals and this will all be donated uh for artists for Ukraine or yeah, this is, this is uh, like, we're doing this for free. Um, it's, Great it, it's, it's really like we set up this whole thing um, with some people who are really doing a great job. And the artist also is donating everything from the sales. So of course we also feel responsible to help where we can. And um, this is why we set this up and yeah, of course, We hope that we can do uh, a little bit. Um, I mean, at the moment, everyone feels helpless and we're in this world and it feels kind of surreal sometimes. Also to me, while I was traveling now, I know that the war started while I was in Vienna, like visiting an exhibition, meeting with all the NFT people. I felt like it's a crazy world um, and you feel so helpless and also traveling to UAE and you are like, mm, should you really do this at the moment or not? But as always, I hope that this will also be overcome and we can now only see how we can help. Um, also, like I said, with uh, Misa, um, we will see, I think next we'll be doing an NFT drop because yeah, it's, it's, it's also like we, we have some artists who want to participate in that. And so step by step, we try to do our best and um, help with the resources we can. Great initiative. Everybody can do a change. So we, we put definitely this link in, in our podcast liner notes so people can have a look at that initiative. So it, I think it's very important. So most of the time we avoid politics, but this is a special time. So I'm happy that we covered this, this topic today. It's about people. It's, it's yeah. about, I, yeah. I say this, this is something, so right. it's not about politics. It's about really yeah. helping like uh, in, in this moment. Um, it's, it's, it's real. People are, are there in Berlin, they are arriving and this is not politics. This, these are humans. It, it's not something that happens in the virtual world. Um, it, it's there. And this is also, I think, why we started with a printed edition in this case. Absolutely. And it reminds me, I was in a, in a, in a Bitcom conference about the metaverse and, uh, the, the, the guy from Meta, uh, the artist formerly known as Facebook said, we, we need to do things together. We can make together a change and, uh, can try to find out how the metaverse will be. And this is, uh, something that, that the metaverse can do. It can help people in the real world. And this is fantastic. So maybe, maybe we have some, some, some other positive topics to talk about. I would really like to ask you the question, what was your, your best moment so far with your project Misa Art what was what what was the best moment where you really said okay I'm I'm right here this is this is this is really a great moment in 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 my project 
This is an interesting question, but for me, it's really the, the, the moments in real life. Like when, when we were hosting this auction and it all went wrong because OpenSea was down and we had to postpone it for 16 hours. And then this 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 uh, guy who won the auction, he was he came from my side. He was someone from the NFT space. And I was so happy because, again, um, he will exhibit it in other museums. So he brings back this virtual piece that he could own for just himself. But he's doing the effort to bring it back to the real world, exhibit it, pay a lot of money for that because it will be a solo exhibition um, at a very, very popular place. <laughs> and uh, I am just happy to see how this interconnection really works and how people from both sides are being interested. Every time that I go to an opening of an exhibition, they ask me, what, yeah, what is Misa and what exactly are you doing? And then I explain and Even people at like say 60 plus is maybe not your, your main target group, but they are super interested. And sometimes they say, Oh, I will tell my son or my daughter. <laughs> or they say, oh, maybe I can do this myself and just, just buy it. So yeah, it's it's all these little moments that make me really happy. And also the team that we are building with Misa, because it is interesting. We have this startup feeling, and uh, we started in a bathroom. <laughs> This is also, I had to take a picture that we were, we were having our like first really business meeting of doing the plan, like uh, what exactly, how is this all going to be? What are the numbers? So, because we will be pitching for investors and we were sitting in this because it's super full. The gallery is already full. You know, the gallery has been existing for 20 years and now we have the startup Misa. And uh, we, we really have this bathroom with two desks in there. We were sitting together with seven people. One guy was in the top. <laughs> and I said, we know what? We have to take this picture now. It's not the garage anymore. It is the bathroom where we start a Web3 company. And yeah, it was this was a super cool moment. And the picture is gone to the blockchain or... Not, not yet, yet. <laughs> not yet. I, I will. I, I have the picture on my phone. I send it to my colleagues, and there will be a moment when we can like publish it. I think you have to put it in an exhibition. And by um, mentioning that, uh, I have a question on your experience with Decentraland and why you took Decentraland, for example, and not Sandbox or whatever kind of other metaverse. A sandbox didn't exist uh, okay. last March, April. So it, it started in March and. Uh, Crypto voxels for art is a little bit complicated. It, it has this voxel uh, pixelated appearance and uh, being being a gallery, because as I said, this is for Koenig Gallery, it wasn't like the thing to choose. And I think this is also the right decision. I, I would, Somnium or Decentraland are okay for, for the art world, but I think it's still a little bit complicated with crypto voxels. Of course, they have a great community and there are super cool people on it. Um, but as it was supposed to to have a look, um, also graphic wise, that is a little bit more realistic. I think the decision for the center end was right. Totally agree. Yeah, I have to have a look to your exhibition room. Yeah, we're building a new. We got offered a new, uh, like really huge parcel. So uh, this is why at the moment we are rebuilding. So we will have the gallery for Koenig. 
but we will also have our own Mesa gallery. And I have seen the first drafts. They look amazing and it will be more consumer and experience oriented so that you have a walkthrough. And when you have finalized the walkthrough, I want there always to be a PO app. A PO app is a proof of attendance protocol, like a free NFT that you can get When you have been at a certain place that can be in the real world and then you scan a QR code, but it can also be in Decentraland. And I think this is a nice to have thing. We are doing this for our exhibitions at the moment, by the way. Um, I hope they will be there next week. So if you're in Berlin, uh, you should always check out our, our gallery for a little QR code somewhere. Um, and then you will get a nice POAP, um, which proves that you have attended the exhibition. I really like these as an add-on. I have been on a, a central Decentraland festival with the speaker heads. Maybe you know them. And uh, I was looking around the machine in Decentraland um, in front of the stage on the left side. There was a machine and everybody was gathering around that, getting their poems. So um, they're collecting them as they are collecting NFTs. My only X copy is a poem. <laughs> who, who's familiar with Xcopy who is a like artist that has been there for a while and is very popular in the NFT space so and also a fuck render so I, I couldn't collect them like just buy them they're quite expensive but I have the poems and I'm very happy about that great very interesting super cool so Anna, I mean, I think, I mean, it's been so interesting talking to you and you are super involved and I think you've got this, you know, great combination of the vision, but also the real detail. And I think that's really interesting. And I think those, even those technical questions that some people really, really want to know about uh, is, is very, very interesting. But I mean, do you have any, just as a final question, do you have in a nice kind of concise way, do you have a, any advice for, you know, authors or book publishers? So that's the kind of, that that's the industry and the ecosystem that we're trying to address with Creatokia. Do you have any advice for uh, authors, inexperienced or, or new authors, just starting out, or publishers, big or small? There are all kinds of different uh, situations. But do you have any kind of advice or um, insights for them in terms of what's important when you're thinking about NFT projects? Oh, my goodness. You're the experts on that. But um, as I have seen, many have already started, like – in small pieces like when, when you have something on twitter they have minted this or even a whole book that they put into little pieces what i'm thinking about if if you're an author that is already like a little bit more famous and you have a figure that is popular you can also of course use it you don't only have to use like the written word but you can use your character um, that might be in in this book um, as an author uh, we were talking so much about metaverses today and implement it there and maybe give people some more ideas of, of how this character would would be living in the metaverse uh, i see right. I, i see there's so many possibilities and um, it does make me think of harry potter Oh my god! I didn't want to say a name, but just, <laughs> <laughs> I also had other, I, I also had like other from from Germany who were asking, but you always have to be careful with a product that is uh, meant to be for kids. Don't do it. It's still a financial product. Uh, be very very careful that you address adults and not children with that product. This is what I would suggest. Mm -hmm. And uh, for, for publishers in general, um, I have seen that on your website. I think it's super interesting. We also do like digital certificates for printed versions or for real artworks, um, physical artworks. And I think um, like having these editions that, that have a digital ownership 
you can have these little chips that lead directly to your to your nft for collectors it might be worth a lot you also always have to think of these collectors who, who really like just want to have it in their wallet because it was the first edition um it was the first signed book whatever um i think there are so many options to connect these and to create more through utilities which we're already talking about like sitting together with your author through through a zoom meeting um or or having like a meeting in real life we where he gives you a signature and 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 you can do this all through the blockchain very easily like this incentivation and yeah that's super interesting I, I thank you so much i mean i think we're coming to the end now so i want to leave you and i think the message is you know think you can think about liberating yourself from the actual text by thinking about characters or ideas within your narrative right that's the interesting thing and writers are generators of ideas they don't just write text the text exactly. are ideas so that's really interesting and with that thought anna thank you so much for your time today you've been a brilliant guest we've really loved having you and all your insights and uh, i will be uh, listening to this episode as soon as we've uh, wrapped it up and recorded it uh, full of really great insights so thank you so much for being with us today thank you so much for inviting me it was so much fun and i am checking I, I didn't even know that we were already talking for one hour to be honest <laughs> so uh yeah if, if you want to continue sometime uh I, i'll be surely back and we will see how far we got i mean three days in the nft space it's like three weeks yeah right yeah so, sure. this is how fast we move <laughs> <laughs> well good luck with everything and um Stay in touch. We, we, it's great to have you. Thank you. You've been a brilliant guest. Same to you. Thank you. You wish you the best. All the best. Thank Bye. 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 Carsten, I think that's very interesting. So now we had a real art person here in the podcast, but but Creatokia is in the art business too because for the for the Eternal Masterpiece collections, we made original artworks for the covers didn't we? Yes, and I'm so inspired to put them into a space where, like Decentraland, where we can hang them on the wall in a metaverse area. So there are some ideas in my mind to doing that. This is again, I think, uh, important to point out, especially for the Eternal Masterpiece Collection, that people that are now listening for the first time to the podcast know that uh, under creatokia.com you can buy original art combined with text and audio so it's a product of three and it's it's i think it's kind of interesting that we are combining audio visuals and text right so we have the perfect match and the, the mix of art and publishing so we have art uh, inspired by eternal masterpieces where you have a great artwork and we have the last drops and there will be in the next one in the next week and um, you have these artworks which is part of the nft with perfectly narrated uh, parts of these eternal masterpieces done by great narrators yes and i think that's it for now it's quite a long episode of the second season of the Tokyo podcast and i think Vidal, we can say goodbye until next week we can say goodbye it was a great episode and uh, thanks everyone for joining and thanks everyone for listening goodbye john goodbye carsten goodbye goodbye everybody